This week's edition of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast is dedicated to the memory of the late Jacques Rougeau Sr., who passed away at the age of 89. Granted, I understand it's essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. Hey wrestling fans, welcome to this week's episode of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. Thank you once again for joining me each and every week, whether it's on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts, or any of the other 11 outlets that I haven't mentioned, including Podcoin, where you can earn money just for listening to this podcast. Be sure to check out the production line every Friday on Facebook or our YouTube channel and join us on our Facebook page every day for the superstar of the day and different wrestling news and knowledge on the Scumbags Wrestling page on Facebook. On this week's episode, we're going to look at what's coming up for Smash Wrestling. I look back at Fighter Fest, Ring of Honor's Best in the World, night number two, Plus, looking back at Monday Night Raw's and SmackDown results, plus the Extreme Rules pay-per-view build-up. We'll be right back after these short messages with the Smash Wrestling Breakdown. Are you looking to get into the wrestling business? Well, look no further than the Tyson Dukes Wrestle Factory. Located right here in London, Ontario. It's Tyson has over 20 years of experience in the wrestling world, and he's even been brought down to the WWE Performance Center to be a guest trainer. We've already seen the likes of Jordan James, Kyle Boone, Violet Lee, Jim Strider, Pharaoh Bowman, Chris Mitchells, and many more. Plus, the new generation that are coming from the second group, such as Josh Pine, Shiloh, Nova, Frankie War, and many more. You don't want to miss your opportunity to learn from one of the best in Ontario, if not all of Canada, or the world, in Tyson Dukes. So that's the Tyson Dukes Rust Factory. It's open Monday, Wednesday, and Thursdays. And located at 309 Exeter Road here in London. 
My name is The Muscle, Smash Wrestling's hottest free agent. I toss bodies and wheel hotties, and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling podcast. Hey, wrestling fans. Thanks for joining me this week on the Scumbags of Wrestling podcast. Normally, we start off with Smash Wrestling, and we'll get to that in just a moment because there's a lot coming up, as you already know. But there was an announcement regarding the future of Barry Wrestling. Barry Wrestling just posted on their Facebook page that they've been putting on family-friendly shows for five years this November 1st. We're very proud to be thought of as the top family event each month and will continue to be that for a long time to come. Barry Wrestling is going nowhere, but complacency is the enemy of everything, and there is an entire audience that hasn't had the chance to enjoy regularly scheduled pro wrestling in our city. That changes now. Stay tuned tonight for the first of many announcements that will be at times vague, but will be worth every bit of the wait when it, the time comes. Barry Wrestling Team humbly enjoys bringing your family every month and has long struggled with compliments and kudos with what we do. But there's a whole other team that is ready to take pride in our hustle. Stay tuned. Sounds like some exciting times are going to be happening in Barry Wrestling Potentially more wrestling for everybody to enjoy. And who knows? Maybe they are going to have some sort of deal where they'll be broadcasting and people beyond the city of Barrie can enjoy them from the comfort of their own home. We'll have to wait and see what these announcements are going to be. And now on to our regularly scheduled Smash Wrestling update. Smash Wrestling cannot wait until Saturday. The most requested match of 2019 has been Psycho Mike taking on Orange Cassidy, and that match will happen at the Franklin Horror Community Center this Saturday. Kevin Bennett defends his championship against former running mate The Muscle. Three Smash Wrestling Tag Team Invitational semifinal matches will happen as Super Reversos take on Kill Screen. The Renegades take on The Untouchables, and TDT return to Smash Wrestling to take on the Philly and Marino experience. The Violent Canadian makes his long-awaited Smash Wrestling debut against Sebastian Suave, as Marcus Burke will take on Sebastian one-on-one. Halal Beefcake will defend their Tag Team Championships against the Pillars and Maritime's Most Wanted. I'm going to make some picks for this night one of Orange is the new smash. I see Orange Cassidy picking up the victory in a very entertaining match over Mike Rollins, where Mike's conscience could get involved. As far as the tag team titles go, I see Halal Beefcake retaining the tag team titles over the Pillars and Maritimes Most Wanted. Likewise, Kevin Bennett will end up retaining over the muscle in his first Smash Wrestling Championship title defense. In a match that should be very hard-hitting, as Marcus Burke is taking on Sebastian Suave, even though he's the violent Canadian, Marcus Burke will probably end up losing to the new attitude of Sebastian Suave as he gets fired up last time at the Northern Tournament with Anthony Kingdom James, wanting to have the more vicious side of Sebastian come out every time regardless of him being with the Pillar or being with Kingdom. So this is the first opportunity for Sebastian to show that 
sadistic side of his, and he's going to do it against Marcus Burke, with Sebastian picking up the victory. As far as the tag team title tournament uh, goes, with the winners of it coming to London and eventually facing the tag team champions, presumably at Super Showdown 7. My picks for the win is going to be Super Reversos defeating Killscreen, the Renegades defeating the Untouchables, and TDT taking out Philly and Marino Experience. All three teams will come down here to London the very next night at the London Music Hall. Speaking of which, Orange is the New Smash night number two happens at the London Music Hall at 4 p.m. on Sunday, July 7th. Right now is the card, and I'll run down my picks along the way. It's been announced that Sebastian Suave and TDT will be set for action here in London, and as I just mentioned, I think TDT will be in the finals of the Smash Wrestling Tag Team Invitational, which will see the three teams that won the night before coming here to compete in a triple threat tag team match. Where Suave fits in, I'm not quite sure yet. However, that's where I see TDT, and if I'm right, I'm picking TDT to end up winning the whole tournament to face off against Halal Beefcake at Super Showdown 7. The Pillars will continue to exact revenge as Tarek will go against Halal Beefcake's member Joe Coleman in singles action, and Tyson Dukes will face off against Idris Abraham. In this case, I see both Tarek and Tyson getting the victories over Halal Beefcake. Halal Beefcake are good together, but in singles, that's a different story. They're better as a team than individually. Smash Wrestling is going to have a huge gauntlet match featuring Kyle Boone, Pharaoh Bowman, Jim Strider, The Muscle, Violent Lee, Jody Threat, Chris Mitchells, and Marcus Burke. Now, since this is a gauntlet match, I don't know how it's all going to go down, but I can see us having Violet Lee and Muscle at one point going against each other, and I wouldn't mind seeing in the finals Jim Strider taking on Marcus Burke in a prolonged final match. As to who comes out of the winner totally from the gauntlet match, I'm going to go with Strider. London will also see their debut of the Revolt Tag Team. That's Jordan James and Alec Realm, as they'll face off against Maritime's Most Wanted. While this is James and Realm's first official tag team match with Smash Wrestling, they're taking on Maritime's Most Wanted, and I can see, unfortunately, the inexperience of James and Realm coming into play, and they will, unfortunately, lose so my pick is Maritime's Most Wanted. Orange Cassidy is coming to London, and the internet sensation will face off against the master of the DDT himself, Cody Deaner. I don't know how I can go against Cody Deaner, and I probably still won't, as Orange Cassidy will go down in defeat to London's own Cody Deaner. And the main event will see Kevin Bennett Face off against Psycho Mike Rollins. Should Bennett uh, retain against the muscle the night before, 
this will be for the championship. Either way, I see Kevin Bennett retaining the championship as he looks forward to defending it at Super Showdown 7. So those are my predictions for the two nights of Orange is the New Smash happening Saturday, July 6th in Toronto at the Franklin Horror Community Center and then here in London at the London Music Hall on Sunday, July 7th. Then on Saturday, July 13th, Smash Wrestling makes its return to Dresden at the Ken Houston Memorial Agricultural Center in Dresden, Ontario. The event is being organized by referee Jay Smith, and it will help benefit the Dresden Junior Kings hockey team. So come on out and support a really good cause. Last year we were there and had a scumbag section, and we're going to do that again. Just let me know if you want to be a part of it. We still have a couple tickets left over in the first row VIP section, and all you have to do is contact me either on our Facebook page or through email at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com. We'll see Dresden's own Super K as he takes on Scotty O'Shea, the leader of Kill Screen. Cody Diener will go one-on-one against Tensville and Ridgetown's own Ricky James. Alec Realm from the Russell Factory will be in attendance, along with there being a mixed tag team mayhem featuring Violet Lee and The Muscle taking on Sebastian Suave and Jody Threat. The huge main event for this evening will be seeing a massive six-man tag team main event when former Smash Wrestling champion and the former Smash Wrestling tag team champions, the Pillars, Tarek, Tyson Dukes, and Brent Banks looking for revenge against the new champion and the tag team champions, the Kevin Bennett Experience featuring Kevin Bennett and Halal Beefcake, Joel Coleman, and Idris Abraham. Get your tickets now and support the Dresden Junior Kings on Saturday, July 13th in Dresden, Ontario. On July 21st, Smash Wrestling is bringing the cameras for another taping of Smash Wrestling on the Fight Network. And it will be New Kids on the Block at the Tannery Event Center in Kitchener, Ontario. True to the show's theme, some new faces will be seen when Smash Wrestling comes back to Kitchener. Brent Banks is set to take on Smash Wrestling debut of Corey Stone. It'll be a match featuring two contrasting styles, to say the least, as the unhinged mind of Psycho Mike Rollins is set to take on PWA star Joey Allen and what is sure to be a hard-hitting contest. In a rematch from the Dresden show, the newly formed duo of Violet Lee and the Muscle, now known as Physical Attraction, thanks to the continued accidental advice from Scott Hunter, will take on the pair of ruthless ass-kickers in Jody Threat and Sebastian Suave. Will the result be any different from Dresden in Kitchener? We'll only find out at this show in Kitchener. Opportunity knocks as Aiden Rain returns to Kitchener to take on the debuting heavyweight Jake Jones. Smash Wrestling's newest tag team, The Revolt, take on two former Smash Wrestling champions, Tyson Dukes and Tarek. Do they have what it takes to overcome Dukes and Tarek of the Pillars? We'll find out. And the main event for New Kids on the Block, 
sees Kevin Bennett defend his newly won Smash Wrestling Championship against PWA standout Super K. You don't want to sleep on this show, Kitchener. The last time they were in your town, they nearly blew the roof off the tannery, and they can do it once again. And that'll be on July 21st at the tannery. On July 28th, Smash Wrestling makes its debut in St. Thomas at the Joe Thornton Community Center. And then it's on to all the crazy activities happening in Toronto during SummerSlam weekend, which is more Smash Week, as they present eight di different events over four days at the Met in Toronto. Smash Wrestling is going to be teaming up with a bunch of different organizations, including Progress Wrestling, OWE, and WXW, along with Femme Fatales, Shimmer, and Rise. It all starts August 7th as OWE, Oriental Wrestling Entertainment, comes to Toronto at the Midtown Event Theatre. Matches yet to be announced, but you will see people like Lindemann, Seema, and T-Hawk, all who just recently appeared at Double or Nothing for AEW. That show will be at 4 p.m. and followed at 8 p.m. as Smash Wrestling takes on Progress Wrestling. Matches that have been announced to appear in this event include Tarek taking on Jordan Devlin, Jody Threat against Tony Storm, the NXT Women's Champion, Paul Robinson will compete along with Travis Banks. Psycho Mike Rollins will take on Trent Seven. And Casey Spinelli will go one-on-one -on -one against Jordan Grace. Smash vs. Progress at the Met is happening on August 7th at 8 p.m. On Thursday, August 8th at 4 p.m. at the Met, WXW presents Ambition 11. It'll feature Walter, the current NXT UK champion. Plus many more stars including Timothy Thatcher, Speedball Mike Bailey, Alexander James, Daniel Maccabee, and Bobby Guns. At 8pm on August 8th, Progress Wrestling will have their own individual show, including Paul Robinson, Travis Banks, David Starr, Tony Storm, and Jordan Devlin. Plus Chris Brooks, Jordan Grace, Trent Seven, and Walter. On Friday, August 9th, at 4 p.m., WXW Westside Extreme Wrestling will be live in Toronto at the Midtown Event Theater, The Met, in Toronto. It'll feature Walter taking on Sakamoto. Plus, Tony Storm and Killer Kelly will be in attendance. Then, Friday night, August 9th, still at the Met in Toronto, Smash Wrestling presents Super Showdown 7. Carter Mason has refused to be snubbed by Tyson Dukes after calling him out for a rematch at the Northern. Dukes instead challenged his friend Jason Kincaid to face him at Super Showdown. Mason hasn't stopped requesting the opportunity at Dukes since then 
and Smash does not want to wait either. Kincaid informed Smash Wrestling that he's looking forward for the biggest possible challenge in August and suggested to make it a triple threat match. Smash Wrestling acknowledged that and has made it so. As Jason Kincaid, Tyson Dukes, and Carter Mason all go head-to-head in a triple threat match. And while they'll go against each other in the 4 o'clock show, Walter and Sakamoto will team together later on that night to take on the Pillars, Brent Banks, and Tarek in a dream match. A huge grudge match was signed, and the Blade returns to Super Showdown 7 to face off against the man he tried to drive away, Psycho Mike Rollins. The former tag team partners and champions will go against each other one-on-one. Anthony Kingdom James has demanded to see a more aggressive and violent side of Sebastian Suave. Meanwhile, Rosemary has been looking to avenge her loss she took two years ago that drove her out of Smash Wrestling for a while. Both have an appetite for destruction, so what better stage than Super Showdown as Sebastian Suave and Rosemary go against each other one-on-one. In a rematch from the main event of the Canusa Classic that happened during Comic-Con here in London, Jordan Grace will face off against Lufisto. The leader of Kill Screen, Scotty O'Shea, will also be in action. Plus, the main event will see Kevin Bennett defend his newly won Smash Wrestling Championship against the winner of the Northern Tournament, Speedball Mike Bailey. It all goes down Friday, August 9th, 8 p.m. at the Met in Toronto. Smash Wrestling, the Super Showdown 7. Saturday morning, August 10th at 9 a.m., you can attend the Met and see The Summit, an all-women's pro wrestling collaboration featuring Smash Wrestling, Rise, Femme Vitales, and Shimmer. It all starts off with a special meet and greet along with a special appearance by former WWE Women's Champion Bull Nakano. If you're a part of the special meet and greet, you'll get an exclusive match featuring Jody Threat and Mary Lee Rose taking on Alexia Nicole and Maeve O'Farrow. 7 o'clock will be the first bell of the summit, featuring Dust taking on Delmi Exo, Veda Scott against Ashley Vox, Shotzi Blackheart taking on Delilah Doom, Cheerleader Melissa, Allison Kay, Lufisto, and Priscilla Kelly in a fatal four-way match. Zoe Lucas defends the Rise Championship against Ariel Monroe. Mercedes Martinez defends her Femme Fatales Championship against Jordan Grace. Nicole Savoy defends her Shimmer Championship against Nicole Matthews. And the first ever Smash Wrestling Women's Champion will be crowned between Casey Spinelli and Rosemary. And Smash Week concludes in Toronto on Saturday afternoon. August 10th at 3 p.m. as OWE, Oriental Wrestling Entertainment, presents another card in Toronto. And we wrap up the calendar in August with August 18th, Smash Wrestling presenting Proving Grounds in Burlington at the Austrian Continental Club. It's at 4 p.m. in Burlington, Ontario. And then on August 24th, Smash Wrestling brings the TV cameras back to London for Born to be Wild at the London Music Hall. 
Already confirmed for this event will be Canada's own Gail Kim being in attendance and will serve as a special guest referee for a match yet to be determined. More information on all these events that I've just listed can be found on their Facebook page, on their website at smash-wrestling.com, where you can buy your tickets as well for them, or checking out our Facebook page and listening right here every week on Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. And now for your entire independent wrestling calendar for this weekend. HPW presents Schools Out 2 on Friday, July 5th in Hamilton, Ontario at 7pm. Acclaim Pro Wrestling presents Starmageddon 9 Saturday, July 6th in Ottawa at 7pm. Battle Arts Rising Stars also on Saturday, July 6th in Mississauga at 7pm. And of course, Orange is the New Smash, night number one, Saturday, July 6th, at the Franklin Horror Community Center in Etobicoke at 6 p.m. And Orange is the New Smash, night number two, Sunday, July 7th, right here in London, Ontario, at the London Music Hall at 4 p.m. Some breaking news from the Iceman at Destiny Wrestling. Destiny Wrestling has signed a new TV deal with the Fight Network commencing fall 2019, a once a month, two hour special called Super Fight Saturdays featuring international talent headlining dream matches with new presentation and concept for wrestling on TV. Fans around the world need to get ready for Destiny Wrestling coming to Fight Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Brent Money Banks, and you are listening to Scumbags of Wrestling. Scumbags is money. Now let's take a look at this weekend's Impact Wrestling and Slammiversary 17, coming to us from Dallas, Texas. Going to run down the card, which contains seven matches so far, and give my predictions on what will happen, or at least what I think might happen. During the pay-per-view, Eddie Edwards takes on Killer Cross in a First Blood singles match. Killer Cross has been wanting to get out of Impact Wrestling for a while and has requested his release. And Impact still seems to be doing stuff with Eddie Edwards and this new character of his that he's had for the last year or so with being more hardcore. I'm going to take Edwards to get the victory over Killer Cross. There's going to be an intergender singles match involving Tessa Blanchard, who was supposed to take on Eli Drake, but because Eli Drake did not want to do any intergender wrestling, he ended up leaving Impact Wrestling, and as we saw, he has joined the NWA, taking up Drake's position in that intergender match has been Sammy Callahan. If you've seen Impact recently, Sammy and Tessa have gone at it really hard against each other, and the other members of OVE have been holding down Tessa while Sammy beat on her. Tessa's been able to hold her own a bit and defend herself against Sammy Callahan. The numbers have just been too much for her. However, on Sunday, I can see somebody stepping up to at least even the odds and help Tessa beat Sammy Callahan in this intergender match. 
The Impact Wrestling Knockouts will also be in action as Tyler Valkyrie defends the title in a Monsters Ball match involving Havoc, Rosemary, and Sue Young. Which one of these ladies will walk away with the Impact Wrestling Knockouts title? Because of Havoc and Sue Young's alliance with Father James Mitchell, it appears as though Taya is now playing the role of a babyface. However, as we know, Rosemary is entangled with this whole thing as well, and this could be where she overcomes all the obstacles in her way and becomes the new Knockouts champion. I'm going to pick Rosemary for the champion. The Rascals are going to get another chance to become World Tag Team Champions as they clash with LAX again. Which combination of the Rascals will we end up getting? And who will end up leaving with the Tag Team Gold? In this case, there's been a lot of rumor of LAX possibly leaving Impact Wrestling soon, and both AEW and WWE have an interest in obtaining LAX. If they end up leaving Impact Wrestling anytime soon, that would mean they'd have to drop the titles, and I can see the Rascals being the guys who finally topple LAX. So I'm going to pick the Rascals in this case and let the mystery happen of what the destination of LAX is going to be, whether they're staying or going, and if they go, who will they go to? Moose is going to end up facing Rob Van Dam in a Kerbal Night of Action. Who's going to walk away between these guys as the victor of the match? I'm going to pick Moose to win. After winning the Ultimate X at United We Stand, Johnny Impact will now be challenging Rich Swan for the X Division Championship. Can the former Impact Wrestling Champion claim more gold? I can see Rich Swan losing this battle to Johnny Impact, especially with Johnny Bravo possibly interfering. So I'm going to pick a new champion in Johnny Impact, taking the X Division Championship from Rich Swan. And in the main event, it'll be Brian Cage defending the World Championship against the number one contender, Canada's own Michael Elgin. Michael Elgin has returned to Canada, and North America for that matter, from Japan, and is setting his sights on the Impact World Championship. However, this, is, I believe, is one of Brian Cage's first championship defenses since winning the title from Johnny Impact and having been beat up by Michael Elgin and suffering injuries after doing the Spanish fly from the stage to the floor. I don't see Brian Cage losing in his first effort. However, it's going to be a... Really hard-hitting affair between these two guys. They are both pound-for-pound, very strong, and very equal in size. I'm going to pick Brian Cage to retain the Impact World Championship. It all goes down Sunday, July 7th in Dallas, Texas. Impact Wrestling presents Slammiversary 2019 the 17th anniversary of Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling has also announced that they are in the home stretch towards Slammiversary on Sunday. However, before they get to Dallas, Impact Wrestling has three events set to take place. The first is Bash at the Brewery on Impact Plus 
It all goes down Friday at 8 p.m. with the pre-show starting at 7.30. At Bash of the Brewery, you'll see the Rascals in action. Rosemary takes on Sue Young. Simon Callahan goes one-on-one with RVD. Michael Elgin will face off against Eddie Edwards. Fulton and OVE take on Tessa Blanchard, Willie Mack, and Rich Swan. Jessica Havitt will go one-on-one with Jordan Grace. LAX will defend their championships against the Northern. And Brian Cage will take on Moose. It all happens this Friday at 7.30 on Twitch. Then you can see Impact Wrestling on Pursuit and Twitch Fight Network here in Canada at 10 p.m. on Friday. And then on Saturday, Impact Wrestling heads to Houston, Texas for a live Twitch special, Deep Impact, at 8 p.m. Followed by Sunday, Slammiversary, live on Pay-Per-View, as well as Impact Plus and Fight TV. It's a full weekend of Impact Wrestling, starting Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Following the news that the former hottest free agent in pro wrestling, Kenny Omega, is joining AEW, London Comic Con can finally announced that the best boat machine is making his way to Southwestern Ontario for London Comic Con 2019 this October. Omega will be available to meet fans, sign autographs, and host a special VIP video game tournament. More details and announcements are coming soon. Check out London Comic Con for more details. And now for some AEW news. Last Saturday night, All Elite Wrestling presented Fighter Fest from Daytona Beach, Florida, and it was free on the BR live app or available for purchase on the Fight TV app. Fighter Fest was the second official event under the AEW banner, and the name was a parody of the fraudulent Firefest that happened a few years ago where the concert didn't happen. They made some references to it during the pre-show. There were three matches on the buy-in and six matches on the full show. I actually got a record of six, two, and one with my predictions on the last episode. So let's take a look back at what happened at Fighter Fest with the results. The best friends, Chuck Taylor and Trent Perretta, defeated SoCal Uncensored, Scorpio Sky, and Frankie Kazarian, plus the team of Private Party, Isaiah Cassidy, and Mark Quinn. The best friends will now move on to All Out for an opportunity to get a bye in the first round of the AEW World Tag Team Championship Tournament that will start in October when AEW gets their deal for a TV show on TNT, which is presumably going to be a Wednesday night. There was a change in the women's match on the pre-show as Leva Bates then took on Allie instead of Kylie Ray. Didn't matter as Leva Bates ended up losing to Kylie Ray. There's been a lot of uh, criticism over the whole librarians gimmick 
as it just really is annoying and cringe-worthy with Peter Avalon as opposed to being funny and entertaining. And they might need to tweak something there as they move forward in AEW. Michael Nakazawa defeated Alex Jabaley in a hardcore match, which went all the way up to the ramp and the stage area where there was inflatable toys and a pool, and they made their way back to the ring. There was something going on with Nakazawa's thong coming out. It was a horrible match, let's just say. And Alex Jabaley should never be in the wrestling ring ever again. Thank God it was over, but it definitely weakened what has been a promising presentation by AEW to the fact where something like this really, following the whole librarians thing, is not what fans, I think, really want. And, yeah, I don't know what they're thinking on that one. But that was the pre-show, the buy-in. And then moved on to the main show of Fighter Fest. On the main show, it opened with Christopher Daniels taking on Sema. Sema picked up the victory. Rio surprisingly stole a victory over Yuka Sakasaki and Nyla Rose. Rose dominated most of the match, especially considering she was twice the size of both Rio and Sakasaki. Adam Page defeated Jimmy Havoc. Jungle Boy with Luchasaurus and MJF in a four-way match. Adam Page will now go on to face off against Tip Sabian at Fight for the Fallen. Brandy Rhodes came down to the ringside with Cody to take on Darby Allen in a singles match, and they fought to a time limit draw. It was the first time the 20-minute draw has happened in Double or Nothing. After the match, Sean Spears came into the ring and hit Cody with a direct headshot with a steel chair. It ended up cutting Cody up in the back of his head where his blood gushed from. He received 12 staples and was said to have not had a concussion. It was also mentioned that by the Young Bucks that the chair that was used was gimmicked, even though it was set up so it was an unprotected chair shot. It was supposed to be a protected chair shot because of the gimmick chair. And unfortunately, something went wrong. It was obvious that the back of the uh, chair caught Cody in the back of his head and caused the cut. However, I think it's really ridiculous in this age of concussion knowledge and CTE to even do a gimmicked chair shot unprotected to somebody's head. WD was smart enough after the whole Chris Benoit incident to ban chair shots to the head. Whether they're gimmicked or not, it should never happen. And it's a poor example of what they're presenting. I understand AEW wants to do something different and present things that Fans have been missing for years since the Attitude Era, yet they want to bury the Attitude Era. They're still confusing me on that one. However, that is not what you do to present something alternative and to take away the PG stuff 
of wrestling and put it into a more realistic version, that should still not be allowed, gimmick chair or not. What they called the official main event of Fader Fest was the elite, Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson, who all came out cosplaying as Street Fighter characters, defeating the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon Jr., Ray Phoenix, and Laredo Kid. This is one of the matches that I actually did get wrong, but hey, I guess in a way, since Cody didn't actually get a win, having the other executives get a win kind of balances out without it being a whole owners ruling everything, which I want them severely to avoid because that's what's kind of turning people off of WWE right now with how much we're seeing Shane McMahon. Then they made a big deal of turning out the lights and turning them back on as though it was a totally different show for an unsanctioned, unofficial main event of the evening when John Moxley defeated Joey Janela in a non-sanctioned hardcore match. Um, they used thumbtacks, there was barbed wire boards, barbed wire chairs, ladders, tables, they went all over the place. Uh, boots were taken off of Janela by Moxley, and he was atomic dropped into the thumbtacks, and you could see somewhat of the pain on Janela's face when they were having thumbtacks going into his feet. And yeah, so at the end of the day, Moxley ended up picking up the victory and that's setting him forward. And they're proving at least with some of these matches that they've had so far that wins and losses matter. And those who needed to win as they're going forward towards all out at the end of August on the 31st have momentum and not some 50-50 booking as they go into their bigger matches on bigger shows. So if they continue, we'll see how it goes and their presentation of sports. But that was Fighter Fest. There is some hit and miss stuff, just like any organization. And I'm trying to say that they're better than WDE. That didn't prove it uh, at Fighter Fest, I will say. Uh, the fans, I didn't feel, were into it as much as they were for Double or Nothing. And I want both WWE and AEW, Ring of Honor, Impact, somebody, everybody, to be successful in their ventures because a stronger wrestling community means more content for us to watch, different presentations to watch, and still the same old. And it's good for everybody, who, whether you're a fan, a podcaster, or a talent in the ring or behind the scenes. Everybody has a job somewhere or has some sort of enjoyment to have. So they need to maybe address some of these issues that kind of soured some people. Um, there was also an announcement that just after Fighter Fest, that the Elite and the Lucha Brothers uh, will have a rematch along with Laredo Kid, uh, and that'll happen at Triple A's event, Triple Mania 27, happening on August 3rd. And before that is Fight for the Fallen on July 13th. Fight for the Fallen will happen on July 13th in Jacksonville, Florida. 
at Daly's place, and they've stated that some of the proceeds from this event will be donated to victims of gun violence. Uh, we already know that WDE will be presenting Evolve's 10th anniversary special at the same time on the WDE Network, and that has kind of angered uh, people like Kenny Omega, but that doesn't mean that Fight for the Fallen isn't going to happen. So at Fight for the Fallen, five matches have been announced. Just today, they announced Jimmy Havoc, Darby Allen, and Joey Janela taking on MJF, Sammy Guevara, and Sean Spears in a six-man tag team match. So you got three guys who really love the hardcore uh, wrestling taking on uh, the other three, and it should be an interesting matchup there. As I mentioned, Adam Page, because of his win in the four-way match, will take on Chris and Kip Saban. Cody and Dustin Rhodes, as announced at Double or Nothing, will team together to take on the Young Bucks in a tag team match. Kenny Omega will take on Sema, and Brandy Rhodes is going to face Allie. Final event on the AEW schedule that we know of so far is All Out. And that's going to be returning to Chicago at the Hoffman Estates in Illinois at the Sears Center, which was the site of All In last year when things started getting rolling for Cody and everybody with putting on their match card challenged by Dave Meltzer and kind of they planted the seeds for AEW. And there's only two matches currently announced. And we know that John Moxley is going to take on Kenny Omega after what happened at Double or Nothing. And Adam Page and Chris Jericho, due to wins at Double or Nothing, will face off one-on-one to ch- crown the inaugural AEW World Champion. The all-out event also will be bookmarked or wrapped around StarCast 3, which is being set up by Conrad Thompson. And we'll get more information as the weeks go by of who's going to be appearing at StarCast and more matches happening at All Out. Last week, we brought you the results of Ring of Honor's Best in the World, Night Number 1, from Baltimore, Maryland. Here are the results from Night Number 2, from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Shane Taylor defeated Rhett Titus. Tasha Steeles defeated Jenny Rose, Angelina Love, and Stella Gray in a four-corner survival match. Jay Lethal and the Bouncers defeated the Kingdom in a six-man tag match. Coast to Coast defeated Marcus Cross and Griff Garrison. Jonathan Grisham defeated Kenny King, Dalton Castle, and Jeff Cobb in a four-corner survival match. James Storm defeated Colt Cabana in a singles match for the NWA National Heavyweight Champion. Silas Young defeated Josh Woods. Shinobi Shadow Squad defeated Brian Johnson, Joe Keyes, and Dante Caballero. Carissa Rivera defeated Sumi Saki. Roosh and Dragon Lee defeated the Briscoe Brothers. And Lifeblood defeated Villain Enterprise. This Saturday night, July 6th, 
marks the start of the New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax. It starts off in Dallas at the American Airlines Center. Now, the G1 has multiple nights that's going to happen over the next uh, few weeks, but night one happens in Dallas. As we know, John Moxley's not going to be available to be a part of it because he's not allowed to do New Japan shows in North America uh, with his AEW obligations. Uh, but the matches that will happen in Dallas on Saturday include the De- Gorillas of Destiny taking on Rapongi 3K, Shata Umino and Tomohiro Ishii taking on Ren Narita and Jeff Cobb, Chaos versus the Bullet Club, Juice and Thunder Liger, Juice Robinson and Toro Yano taking on LJ, LIJ and Naito, Will Ospreay taking on Lance Archer, Evil versus Bad Luck Fale, Sonata versus Zack Sabre Jr., Kota Ibushi against Kenta, and Okada taking on Hiroshi Tanahashi. With any luck between myself and Chris Maloney of the Sharpshooter, we'll be able to keep up to date on everything going on. I apologize if I butchered any of these names as they're a little more difficult to uh, pronounce than traditional North American wrestler names. So if you have any uh, picks for the G1 Climax tournament that's going on, send us a line and we'll try and keep you in the loop. If you want to chime in, send us a message at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com or on our Facebook page. Now let's check out some WWE news. This week marked the first edition of Monday Night Raw with Paul Heyman at the helm. Reports have it that he worked hand-in-hand with Vince McMahon to produce the show and come up with the storylines and presentation. You could tell a little bit of Heyman was involved with it, especially with the first segment involving Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley crashing through a video wall, or the LCD uh, entranceway, should I say, and then Corey Graves screaming, holy shit. And it just went from there, especially with a storyline involving Maria and being pregnant and the club uh, reforming. It actually resulted in the raw ratings going up about 10% over the week before. So, of course, people were obviously curious of what was going to happen with Paul Heyman at the helm. They still have to wait a few more weeks for Eric Bischoff to take over SmackDown. So we'll see what happens when he officially takes over that spot. The rest of Raw saw Samoa Joe and the Viking Raiders defeating the New Day. The Undertaker confronted Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. Lacey Evans defeated Natalya. The Miz defeated Elias in a 2-0-3 falls match. The Universal Champion Seth Rollins and Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch defeated Mike Kanellis and Maria Kanellis. And that's when Becky went to go hit Maria that she stopped her and said, No, I'm pregnant. And then proceeded to also insult Mike, saying that the only man that was actually in the ring was 
Becky Lynch, and maybe the next time she needs to get pregnant, it should be by that man because she has no idea how Mike got her pregnant. So it's an interesting concept where you got the male who took the female's last name is now being, I guess, insulted by his wife, and we'll see how this goes. Could be a face turn for Mike Kanellis. We also saw NXT Tag Team Champions, the Street Profits, in backstage segments, and one involved Paul Heyman. Nikki Cross defeated Carmella. Drake Maverick beat R-Truth to become the new 24-7 champion, much to the chagrin of his wife, who still wants to just go on their honeymoon and forget about this whole 24-7 title. There's been a lot of videos that Drake has posted on Twitter since Monday night involving their honeymoon and the 4th of July, so they're definitely worth uh, checking out. Monday Night Raw wrapped up with the United States champion Ricochet taking on AJ Styles, and Styles had won the match before the commercial break, which we can't obviously have commercials happening during a match anymore, which I still find really dumb in how they're trying to work their way around it. Ricochet's foot was under the rope, so there was controversy. The club was nearby. Then they restarted the match in the next segment, and Ricochet beat AJ Styles in three minutes, and that's when the club got involved and beat down Ricochet and reformed uh, to end the show. So AJ Styles had a heel turn, and uh, he's with the Good Brothers again. Over on SmackDown, it started off with the Kevin Owens show, and he had Drew McIntyre and Shane McMahon with him, and instead of reading his cards fully, he started basically asking questions as though he's a fan favorite. So he started to turn at that point and questioning Shane and Drew's confidence going against Undertaker and not being afraid of Undertaker. And Shane just kind of snapped back at him to just ask the questions that are on the card. And then Dolph Ziggler ended up coming out. There was some arguing over who should be the next person to battle Kofi Kingston, and instead Shane McMahon made them into a tag team to go against Heavy Machinery, with the winners being inserted into the tag team title match at Extreme Rules, along with The New Day and Dan O'Brien and Rowan. So that was the setup in the first uh, segment. Then Dan O'Brien ended up defeating Big E, Nikki Cross and Bailey had an exchange of words during a special moment of bliss where Alexa had given Nikki Cross the uh, microphone to host a moment of bliss and Nikki Cross pointed out the fact that she speaks uh, Scottish so she would speak slowly for people to understand her and then Bailey kind of wondered why she wasn't getting the title shot meaning Nikki not getting the title shot, but it's Alexa getting the title shot, even though Nikki beat Bailey the week before. And so then they ended up challenging each other and had their match, and Bailey ended up defeating Nikki Cross. Kofi Kingston and Samoa Joe did a face-to-face, and it was actually a really good one. And instead of Kofi shaking Joe's hand, Kofi uh, gave Joe the middle finger, which in Canada, we did not get that shot. It went black on um, Sportsnet, and then Kofi hit the Trouble in Paradise on Joe, stood over him, 
and walked away. So it looks like, once again, we're getting a little more edgier. Rumors have it that the PG era is going to be dying out, maybe TV-14 instead of PG-13, and we'll see what goes on from there. Andrade ended up being Apollo Crews. They've been having a backstage vignette segment uh, feud for a while, but this ended actually really quickly with Andrade getting the victory over Apollo with help from Zelina Vega. Amber Moon defeated Mandy Rose, and they spent a little bit more time on Mandy and Sonya Deville getting out of the ring, so there's been rumors also about some sort of romantic storyline going on with Mandy and Sonya, even though Mandy is uh, dating one of the guys down in NXT, and I believe it's Tino Sabatelli, and uh, Sonya Deville has her girlfriend, uh, which at one point used to be Seth Rollins' girlfriend, but I'm not sure who she's actually with right now. Neither here nor there, but there's rumors that they're going to do some sort of storyline romantically with Mandy and Sonya, so we'll see if that ends up playing out. And then the main event saw Heavy Machinery defeating Kevin Owens and Dolph Ziggler, to be put into the triple threat match at Extreme Rules. And then there was a confrontation between Dolph and Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens ended up laying out Dolph Ziggler and ended the show screaming, this is his show. And it looks like, depending on how the fans take it, Kevin Owens turned face during this one episode. And it had been noted that he'd been on a recent episode of Lillian Garcia's podcast and wants to try and be a fan favorite. And he was supposed to come back as a fan favorite before WrestleMania and they needed to change plans around with that whole thing with him. And so he came back before WrestleMania and then did the heel thing instead of being the everyday person that people can associate with. So it looks like after three months of playing the heel, they're going to go back to that concept that they wanted to bring them back with originally. So that's uh, how Raw and SmackDown did this week. We're still waiting for the Bischoff era. We'll see what else goes on with the Heyman era over on Raw. And that leads us into next week where we're going to have Extreme Rules So there's only two more weeks of TV for Raw and SmackDown leading into the next pay-per-view. So far, matches that are scheduled for Extreme Rules are the aforementioned Dana Bryan and Rowan defending the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships against The New Day and Heavy Machinery. Drew Gulak is going to defend the Cruiserweight Championship against former champion Tony Nese. Bailey is going to defend the SmackDown Women's Championship against Alexa Bliss. Kofi Kingston is going to defend the WWE Championship against Samoa Joe. The Undertaker and Roman Reigns are going to go against Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre in a no-holds-barred tag team match. And currently the main event sees a last-chance winner-take-all mixed tag team match with both the Universal and Raw Women's Championships on the line as Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch teamed together to go against Baron Corbin 
and Lacey Evans. If either Seth or Becky loses, they lose both their titles to Corbin and Evans. And that happens next week, July 14th, at Extreme Rules from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, at the Wells Fargo Center. Hey, it's Jody Thread, and you're listening to Scumbag Podcast. This concludes another episode of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. Thank you once again for joining me, and be sure to hit that subscribe button and share with all your friends if they're wrestling fans. As you see, we cover everything in Ontario, plus AEW, Ring of Honor, New Japan, and of course, WWE. We're going to be your outlet for anything wrestling related, whether it's right here on our podcast, on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Podcoin, or any other 10 outlets that I'm on, plus daily on our Scumbags Wrestling Facebook page. You can always contact me through that or email me at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com. Also, Factory Fridays with the production line on our Facebook page or on our YouTube channel. If you'd like to get in touch with us and be a part of the show, feel free to do so. We always love to have people on the show and share wrestling knowledge. So until next time, have a great one.